Oh, snap, snap, snap. The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, raw feeders. I'm Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. Well, you know what today is? It is hump diddy dump day, hump day. <laughs> so that means Dr. Judy Jasek is here, my good friend, Dr. Jasek, who is leaving to go to Tennessee. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I'm happy for you, but you're, you're just about out of here. Just, just about, I am so sick of packing, packing boxes. And I mean, I don't know, I'm, we have so many, we have some, you know, it's amazing how much stuff you have and how many boxes you end up. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of boxes. It's just, it's just crazy. I mean, Did I just can't dump? wait. Did What's you that? dump stuff? Well, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, we've gotten rid of stuff and Goodwill stuff and we've, you know, trying to think through what are we going to need and not need, but I still got it. When you start digging in through all the closets and then my husband, you know, he had a bunch of stuff out in the garage, all his tools and all that. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of stuff. It's just been, it's just constant. Like that's just all the free time we have is just pack, pack, pack. And now it's like down to the wire. Like we can pack up everything because we're, you know, the moving truck's coming on Friday. So, you know, we're down to where we can really pack stuff you don't have to like sort stuff out as much so um yeah so but we're getting really really close it's exciting and exhausting and scary and you know all, all that good stuff but you know you're alive when you feel all that you're like yeah. well, i am certainly alive i am not numb not numb and you know what it's still like it just it feels like the right thing you know sometimes you just got to go with okay, does this just feel like it's the right move for us? And is, you know, or is your gut telling you, nope, don't do this. You know, I, we, we just, we both feel like this is, this is the right thing to do. And um, we did a, a a video, we do like a final, you know, you can do a final walkthrough on your house, like right before closing. And so the realtor out there did that with us via, via video. And oh my God, my goodness, the trees are all leafing out. It's just so green and beautiful there. So that, that got me, got me excited. So yeah, we closed on our house this week. So it's ours. We just got to get out there. Well, and you know, I mean, come on, you could have taken all those boxes because now you have all this acreage and you have the barns and you have all the stuff that you're going to have to fill up. I know. <laughs> you know. There's like, it doesn't matter how big of a place you have, you end up filling it up, right? As long as you got space, it tends to get filled. Well now, but you need tractors and you need, you know, earth movers and rakes and hose and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, your big sun hat, right? <laughs> big, big straw hat and, and some chickens we had to get some, get some critters out there. So that's, that's going to be fun. Having more animals around, I think is going to be a lot of fun. That's just. Absolutely. And, and just, hopefully you'll do more videos and we can post those of Dr. Judy's adventures. I know everybody keeps asking me for that. And Chris was like, I don't think I want to do that. But I I think, you know, I'll just do some quick videos on the phone and stuff. And 
you know, I, I think it, I think it would be fun just for, to, you know, chronicle it for us as well and say, wow, remember that day we arrived in Tennessee, you know, 10 years ago. It's going to fly by, you know, because the last 10 years have flown by, but, uh, but you're still going to be doing telemedicine. So folks yep. don't, don't, don't freak out, but she's going to, uh, you know, she got to get there, got to get there and get unpacked and get settled. And then she'll be back up and running. What's, what do you think your date is for taking on uh, Zoom calls and, and working with people around the country once you get out there? Well, we're going to be scheduling. We've got, we've got appointments scheduled like the middle of next week on, but that's a little variable because we don't, you know, we only get, we have a window for when our, the moving truck arrives, I think it's like the ninth through the 12th. So we don't know exactly when we're taking some stuff, but then, then the big truck comes, then, you know, I'll need to rearrange things. So we're going to have kind of some minimal appointments next week. And then, you know, I'll be, be back seeing, seeing some appointments. It just won't be a, like a full schedule probably for a couple of weeks. Gotcha. All right. So you guys hold on for that. Dr. Judy will be back, but in and, the our, and we have our, you know, we have our admins, you know, working so you can reach out and ask questions. And if it's something urgent, they'll forward it on to me. You know, we'll, we'll do the best we can, but we're going to be a little, little limited a bit. That's all right. Everybody can just hang on for a second. As you know, Dr. Judy is not an emergency clinic. Uh, she's right. someone that is homeopathic and works with your dog. And that is typically a, a longer process. So just hang in there, folks. But you know what I want to talk a little bit about today, uh, Dr. Judy, is canine distemper. And the reason why is because uh, I was reading in Dr. William Faulkner's work, he was saying that, uh, you know, it's reared its ugly head in some places again. And these places are Cincinnati, San Antonio, El Paso, mm -hmm. and uh, in Laurel County, Kentucky. Uh, and they're reporting some cases he says they're often seen in shelters where respiratory spread is common. Now, he said that, um, you know, some of these shelters are scrambling to isolate animals and to contain the spread. And he said, but hang on a second. He said, you know, when, when you see these kind of articles come out, he said, here's here's how you want to read this. And I, I want to see if you agree. He says, the 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 conclusion that they want you to come to in these articles are not surprising. The conclusion is this, be sure your dog's vaccinations mm -hmm. are up to date. Right. Mm -hmm. And he mm -hmm. said, you know, does it really take an annual vaccine for your dog to be up to date? And he said, no, it doesn't. And he said, well, how about every three years? Does that round of shots uh, it, does that mean that your dog is up to date? And he said, no. He said, you know, in these type of warnings that go out where they're like, oh my gosh, there's, you know, a case of Parvo and there's a case of distemper and there's this case. He said, it's a warning that is designed to make money. Mm -hmm. Right. Because he said, it's really important for pet parents to understand this, that odds are quite high. That if your animal had a distemper vaccine somewhere in their life, they're still immune. What do you think about all that? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I do agree with the, you know, lasting immunity from, from the vaccines. But, you know, I, I question 
okay, so how are they diagnosing this? They're saying it's distemper, but there's no like distemper test per se. Like how, how are they determining this? I, you know, when I first got out of school in school, I worked in rural Idaho and we were near Indian reservation and we saw a lot of what we considered to be distemper dogs. I mean, they're very classic. They have these like really thick, goopy, um, goopy na- nasal discharge, eye discharge, and they get these weird like muscle ticks, like their muscles would kind of tremor on their heads and around their jaw and stuff. And and it was highly fatal when dogs had those symptoms, you know, um, most of them didn't make it. It is much more fatal than uh, than Parvo was. But now I wonder, well, you know, we're entertaining this theory that viruses don't exist. So viruses don't exist. What is this thing they're calling distemper? And, you know, I, I suspect it's some sort of, you know, toxicity and that it's not truly a, you know, quote unquote virus. And I absolutely 100% believe it's a selling game. And you know what they're going to do? I bet the next narrative that comes out, you know, because they went, they went to, you know, recommending the standard booster, the parvo distemper combination shot every three years. Cause the, and this was a while, I don't remember how long ago, 15, maybe 20 years ago that, that they said, okay, you don't have to give it every year. You know, I think the industry got kind of pressure that people were saying, well, do we really have to give all this stuff every year? And so they said, okay, well, we'll, you know, we'll, uh, we'll license it for every three years. And I bet what this is, is it's a push to go back to every year. They want to justify, okay, well, now we're having all these distemper outbreaks. You know, they're not not making enough money selling vaccines. So now they're going to push to start to do these vaccines every every year now. And I bet I bet that's where that's where this is going. But I'd I'd be really interested to, to hear how are they diagnosing this? Because you'd hear this, you know, these reports about wildlife, like, oh, you know, there's a dead raccoon found in your, you see this stuff on the news. Oh, there's a dead, dead raccoon found and um, it had distemper. So protect your dogs. Like, how do they know that? Not even know it's the same distemper. How do they know that the dogs can get something from a raccoon? Like, is it the same? I mean, even if it is a virus, viruses tend to be pretty species specific. They don't jump species lines. So it's, all about fear. And I'm sure that's what this is. You know, let's just make, you know, because, you know, the the vaccine companies aren't making enough billions of dollars a year. I guess they need more trillions of dollars a year. And so let's, you know, let's, let's harm our poor pets more. And then they'll make money, you know, selling drugs to treat all the diseases that show up because of, of all these vaccines. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's a, it's a, it's a money making game. And I think the the thing people just need to continue to remember is health is natural and you have to just support your pet's immune system. Don't, don't fall into the fear propaganda that the only way to keep your pet healthy is through giving things like these vaccines. You keep them healthy through a proper immune system or proper diet that supports a healthy immune system and, you know, healthy supplements and things like that. But vaccinating only makes pets sicker. I'm, I'm hundred percent convinced of that. Well, excuse me. You said that you're just seeing crazy cancer diagnosis and lymphomas, mm-hmm. and really young dogs. And, and you and I are saying, well, what, what in the world could be making, 
you know, two-year-old puppies come down with cancer. What, what is that? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it has to be what's in these shots. It, there's just no other explanation. And I know they're changing the vaccine technology because I get the ads, you know, they blast out these ads to, you know, every veterinary, you know, that veterinarian that they can find in the country. And it's all brand new mRNA technology and new, new and improve this and new and improve that and ultra this and ultra that. Well, they're changing this vaccine technology. I mean, do you think they're testing that at all? No, I doubt it. I mean, not testing it on people and they're rolling these shots out to people. Why would they be bothering to test them in pets? probably old technology that they're not even using on people. Oh, we got to do something with this stuff. Let's just, let's just give it to pets. I mean, that's how sick the industry, the industry is. And, and what I'm seeing in pets, it is just downright scary. I mean, I bet two out of three new cancer patients I see are lymphoma and they're younger and younger. I I was saying before, probably once a week, I see a dog under five diagnosed with lymphoma that never used to happen. And there is a very aggressive, whatever this is, whatever's going on with these pets. Um, it's, it's very, very aggressive and it's, it's almost impossible to treat. I mean, we try, but it's, it's not even like a typical cancer. You know, they talk about these turbo cancers in people and it's, it's like that. It's like, no matter what you do, it just doesn't, it just doesn't have an impact. And I think it's toxicity. And I think it's probably coming from, you know, this new, new vaccine um, technology. Our pets are just part of a big science experiment and, you know, rules or no rules or laws or no laws. You give this stuff to your pet, you know, expect them to get sick and possibly die at a very young age. Yeah. And, you know, when we look at what people are saying out there, you know, especially when you talk to a lot of obviously sick pets, uh, parents, and so do I. And the question is, when did you get a vaccine? Oh, well, it's not the vaccine because they didn't have a reaction right away. And what we know and from all of these holistic vets that are looking at this, um, they're saying, look, it can be a month. It could be six months. But there are some major commonalities by uh, looking at all of these pets, you know, um, allergies start, um, you've got food allergies that start, um, then you've got, you know, different inflammation problems, whether that's in their skin or their ears. Um, and, And Dr. Faulkner was saying that in people, you will see it in the lungs or in their sinuses typically. And, um, but it, again, it's a mindset that's very difficult to um, change or to break open because it, it has been around so long and we have thought that these have been safe for so long. I mean, Dr. Judy, I was talking to somebody this week on my travels who's in the healthcare industry and she just got another booster two weeks ago mm. herself. And, you know, you and I both are, are dealing with uh, family members who have cancer, uh, some that have been back, some that haven't, but we certainly know a lot of people 
that are having issues, autoimmune issues, uh, if not just rare cancers, just uh, come in like wild, you know, fires. And I, I, I don't know why that's difficult for us to see it, right? Why, why is it so difficult for us to yeah. say, yeah, it could be, you know, the, the thing that's getting shot up into our systems. I don't get right. it. That's not, yeah, it's not difficult for me to say, but yeah, people don't want to, you know, um, connect those dots. You know, my brother just passed away and he had one of these, what they call turbo cancers. He was diagnosed last fall. And, um, you know, when he said, you know, then, and they're, you know, they, they follow, you know, um, all the, all the conventional guidelines and everything. And then when he said, oh, and, and they have some new experimental chemotherapy drugs, they're going to use on me. Like, this was like a good thing. This was last fall. I'm like, I just immediately thought this is not going to turn out well. And yeah, he just, just passed away. Just kept going downhill. Why? Cause they're poisoning his body. Like he, it, he isn't going to heal. It's the system. He was poisoned by the system, but you know, like my family doesn't see it that way. It, it is. It's a, it's a mindset that people trust their doctors, which, you know, that, I, you know, is reasonable. If you don't see what's going on, yeah, you're going to trust your medical professional, but, uh, you know, working in this industry and seeing what goes on and seeing what happens to, to pets that get, you know, lots of vaccines and lots of, you know, pharmaceuticals, and they just keep getting sicker and sicker and sicker. Well, of course the same thing is going to happen in people, but it's like, oh, it's the, but it's the cancer. It's just this rare. I mean, that's what they kept saying. It's just this extremely rare form of lymphoma that we've just never seen before. And so we're going to try these new experimental drugs. No, it's these new experimental drugs are poisoning them. And you've never seen this before because you've never used the drugs before. Like that's the way I see it. They see it like, well, he just had this extremely rare form of cancer and that's what killed him. And just nothing, the doctors did, you know, the very best they could, but they couldn't, you know, they couldn't save him from it. That's their perspective. So it's going to be a little hard to, you know, I just have to hold my tongue with that for the funeral um, because uh, yeah, I don't see it that way, but that's, that's just the narrative. That's what people are taught to believe on the news and that's what the that's what the medical system wants people to believe and they want people to believe that for their pets that the way to keep pets healthy is to vaccinate them it's not that the pets can stay healthy on their own without all of these you know in injections it which they absolutely can if we support their body correctly but nope, just keep people afraid and just, you know, pumping more, more shots into them. Now I'm sure I'll be hearing, you know, from clients, oh, I hear there's a distemper outbreak and what do I do? Do I need to get this shot for my pets? Like, yeah, sure. If you want them to get lymphoma and die of cancer, then sure, go ahead and get it. Because I bet they're coming out with some new vaccine technology now too, that, that you know, to inject into pets and on a much wider scale, because now there'll be all this fear of propaganda about distemper. It just, it's just sick. I mean, the system just really, it, it just, it just makes me sick because I see what's going on. And, um, you know, though we try, I think we only really reach a very small percentage of, of people and people and pets are really suffering. Yeah. And, and think about it, you know, they're like, well, 
you have to keep getting boosted because this only lasts for a short amount of time. And it's like, well, however, you know, when we look at certain quote unquote diseases or viruses or things that are going around, um, certainly when we had a, what, 98.9% recovery rate of COVID, and yet we're injecting things into our body that we've never um, injected before, right? And then you have to keep doing it. There, It seems very strange to me, right? So if you could, I guess you're better off as a vaccine company if you um, say it only lasts a certain amount of time, like the rabies vaccine, um, like all of the, you know, and I, they want you to come back in every three years. It's like, I, I don't know, is it, is it designed that way? So you could just keep coming back and getting more. It just seems really weird to me because I don't, that's the, that's, that's the, uh, that's the idea, you know, uh, is to keep, keep people. It's really just to get people in the door, you know, how many, and I know it's cause I've listened to like business management lectures for veterinarians and they literally will teach vets. Okay. How can you get people in the door more often? So they went from recommending some vaccines, though these, this core vaccine, they went from recommending it annually to every three years. Well, how did they get people in the door? Well, they started pushing the lepto and the bordetella because those are only labeled for, for every year. So that would get people in. And so they would single out those, those two vaccines and now, sorry about that. And now, um, you know, they're they're coming out with this distemper thing, and I bet they're going to start pushing those every year. But it is a way of getting people. In the, that would be the discussion. Well, if we're only going to, you know, like like there was no other valid reason to get people to come in except for the vaccines. Well, we're just in the business of selling vaccines, so we're going to do these vaccines every three years. How are we going to get? people in the door. So they talk about, you know, recommending physical exams every six months and, you know, different things because it, you know, and it's like, it's not about what about just practicing quality medicine, you know, like I, I have no shortage of clients <laughs> pushing vaccines, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm in, in the business of helping pets. And when you, you know, take a different approach and people want that approach, the, the people, the people are going to come because they like the way you're, you're practicing, but the, but the, but the, um, conventional paradigm says, oh no, we have to manipulate people to get them in the door certain number of times a year so that we can make this money. And then, and then we can sell them heartworm and prescription diets and, and all this stuff. And it's just, it's, it's, it's a profit game. It isn't, it doesn't have anything to do with health. Matter of fact, they make more money, the sicker they can keep the pets. It's it, like I said, it's just, it's really sick. It's so, it's so disheartening. I want to call myself something besides a veterinarian because I don't want to be, I don't want to be, I don't even might be affiliated with that camp. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. And we're not talking about just vaccines. I mean, when we look at antibiotics, I was talking to somebody last night and, you know, I don't know, and, and there could be a multitude of things, but supposedly this dog was eating a bone. It's a kibble dog and um, and had an abscess. So they put him on antibiotics and it's like, OK, I said, well, what 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 actual, you know, bacteria did they 
discover that they were trying to, you know, kill with the antibiotics. They had no idea. No idea. Because that's not something that that we even look at. And, and when you look at antibiotics, as Dr. Faulkner says, he says, you know, the practice is this. If one antibiotic antibiotic does not work, then they just put a stronger antibiotic in, right? And so mm-hmm. this stronger antibiotic just even kills more of your good soldiers, right? And if you are looking at what is health, Dr. Jacek, what is health? It is balance, right? It is a balance in the body, homeostasis, right? And when we're out of balance is when we're not well. And so how can you be in balance if you have all of your good soldiers wiped out? How 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 is that possible? Right, right. You know, I've, I've talked about, you know, following Joel Soliton um, of Polyface Farms and, and how I admire him because he uses no chemicals, no drugs, you know, very rarely has he used antibiotics, but he's had some at, on some occasions, some serious problems where he'd lose like a lot of his livestock, but he never, he never did the knee jerk reaction and said, okay, I'm just going to call the vet out and treat everybody with antibiotics. Cause I don't want my animals dying. He always took a step back and looked at his management. And he said, every single time it was a mistake I was making, um, in, in management, like, you know, chickens don't like to be wet. If, if you keep, if their, if their bedding is wet or their feet get wet, they want to do, and they're very sensitive that they can die very quickly. If the management is not correct for those species. And he has said every single time it has been an error in management. And as they have learned and they have corrected these, the, the management in, in um, the man, their management processes and, you know, how they house the animals, how they feed the animals, what they feed, are they getting good nutrition? He said, you know, you got to look at what, what are you feeding? What are they what are they meant to eat? You know, what are the, he says, one of the most common things they found is um, uh, mineral deficiencies. And so he feeds a really high quality uh, kelp as a mineral supplement. And he says that clears up all, all sorts of things. He says, if pigs get sick, he feeds them charcoal because that like detoxes, pigs eat everything. He's, you know, just detoxes. He's figured out all these things management wise, that's just, it's just supporting the natural health of the animal, which was what we talk about all the time here. And he has figured out, you know, how to do the best animal husbandry so that they don't get sick in the first place because health is natural. And when you're not taking care of your cramming animals in these huge, horrific, you know, factory farming operations, they're going to be sick. Yeah. They're not going to be healthy unless you probably do have to give them antibiotics just to keep them alive I mean, a lot of those facilities, they're just keeping animals alive long enough to get them to slaughter. But if you want them to lead a, a good quality life and, and be healthy without all those things, then you have to look at the management. And it's the same with our pets. You know, why do we talk so much about, you know, nutrition and, and healthy lifestyle and managing their stress and, and all of these things? It's because that's how you keep them healthy, not by more drugs and vaccines. So has... um Joel been um, bullied? Has he been bullied by um, the FDA, the USDA, any of those 
organizations? How does he um, maintain doing something that's healthy without getting shut down? <laughs> oh, he he absolutely has. I mean, he has nothing good to say about the government. He calls the USDA the US duh because like, oh, <laughs> that's like his. That. He's like the US duh. Because it, you know, makes makes no sense. And um, oh yeah, he's he has butted heads with you know government, and they actually well one of like one of the things. So he does an open butchering. He has a he has a twenty four seven open door policy on his farm. Anybody can come visit anytime and see his operation. Well, he does a um, open like chicken butchering where you know and his chickens are ready to butcher i think i think he now limits it to the people that are buying because otherwise just it's getting too many people but but anyway so people can come watch you know the chicken butchering and it's just open open air it's outside and the the officials came and said well you can't do this you can't do this outside it's not it's not safe it's not clean he's like we're out here breathing fresh air we're not in some fecal dust contaminated facility and he said, okay, let's test my chickens, test my chickens against chickens that are, are processed your way and see who has, you know, the most uh, bacteria. I mean, his chickens had minuscule amounts of bacteria, even after. So chicken carcasses evidently are like dipped in chlorine when they're processed to, to kill stuff. And even the chickens that were dipped like multiple times in, in chlorine, or still had more bacteria than his chickens, but you know, that's not, that's not the way it's done. So, I mean, I think he's, he's had to find, he's had to find some, you know, some workarounds to make that legal, like in how, how he sells. And um, there's, there's just different ways in his um, sales tactics that, that he's had to, that he's had to use. I think, I think it, I think he literally has to sell the chickens I'm trying to think of how this works. I think he has to sell the chickens live. I think that's it. He cannot sell those chickens that he processes on his farm. People have to pre-order and they buy the chickens when they're alive and then they hire him to do the processing essentially. Okay. So he, he says like he, he sells the chicken. And so somebody could just come pick up the chicken, take it home and butcher it on their own. If they want him to do the butchering, then it's X number of dollars more per pound. And that's probably what most people do. But he cannot sell those those chickens just like retail. People have to pre-order. He says it's like a big thing. Like people have to pre-order kind of what they want for the year. And then they plan their production accordingly. So he's, yes, he's had to do um, lots and lots of, of workarounds. So has he talked about the avian flu? Has he talked about that on any of his podcasts or any of his videos out there? I, you know, I think he's, he's definitely mentioned it, but I think he's just kind of mentioned it with all other, you know, disease things that show up. Like if you keep your pets healthy or your pets, your livestock healthy, they aren't going to come down that every, every one of these diseases that comes up is again, due to poor management. The, the animals are housed in crowded conditions and they're super stressed. And that's where these things take hold. So I don't think he doesn't get all worked up about individual diseases. And now he's never 
mentioned having to like slaughter chickens or, you know, maybe they've never come and tested his, I don't, I don't know how he's kind of works. I know like they've gone in and, and tested, they use PCR testing to test for avian flu and then slaughtered whole flocks of chickens. So somehow he's avoided that, but I think he just believes in, if you stick with good management that, you know, these things are not going to show up in your livestock. Oh, snap. Snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap.